Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Combat Podcast, CBS Sports, your boy, the Brian Campbell on the ones and twos, rocking that mic for you, Box AO style, BC, Bugs, big show planned for you, like Montel in 94, folks. This is how we do it. Yes. Da, 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 da. Thank you, Dwyer. Hey, let me uh, skip the uh, fun and games and just bring in the world's best boxing writer, a future Detroit Free Press best-selling author. He's Ray Bartholomew. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you down. Boxing writers, not very talented. Limited pool. Boom, 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 bugs. We're like sixty days into this damn quarantine, or maybe forty. I, somewhere in the middle there. Uh, how you holding up, Broham? You, I hear you haven't slept all night. I I have pulled an all nighter, Brian. I do it for I do it for the people. I get I, I, you know this is how we do it. Uh, once, once upon a time in '94, that's what I'm talking about. Rich Dwyer making money in life sure was home. You know they said for six eight he stood. Imagine if Dwyer's just like six eight with a hose. What would you think about that, Rafe? You know what I'm saying? You uh, what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Do you did you like the follow up single to Montel Jordan's This is How We Do It? I don't remember it. Something for the honeys. It was much slower. No, no, I I didn't get into that. I, I was oh. very casual on that. Rafe. So um, good. It was so good. Something for the honey. Have you uh, introduced lube at all into your uh, into your your COVID at all? All about, it's, all, it's all about it's all about the lube, man. It's all about just getting back moving, getting back moving. You, figure- you know, I mean, you moving at all, lube? Are, I mean, come on, are you? Don't be stingy on it. Jesus, it don't sting on the lube, does it? Well, you don't want to be going in dry. You're right over there, Detroit Wraith. Uh, look, it's it's very moist over here right now. It rained all morning. Uh, I've I'm I'm all lubed up. I am ready to go. All right. Well, we got a show for you today. I, don't, I can't guarantee it's a good one. You never know what you're gonna get from the S O C box. Yes. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Uh, there's not much to talk about here, Riff. We got a little bit of news today, but we got a big time guest. Hit me up, Oscar, on the low, on the D, brother. Yeah, I mean, oh. you know who I'm talking about when I say that, oh. Riff. I'm talking about that freak, right? I love watching, uh, yeah, love watching De La Hoya. Oh, well. uh, De La Hoya was a freak, yeah. Indeed, freak like me. He's on this show today, Golden a Boy. A freak promotions. in the morning, a freak in the evening, uh, just like me. That's what I'm talking about. A, a man who has, in the past, ripped that suit off. <laughs> show everyone your S. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya to to let us know when boxing might be coming back. The Golden Boy Promotion CEO. I want to I want to hear about his quarantine, Rafe. He's going to be stopping by today. We'll be hitting up the latest headers, the boxing headlines. Um, maybe we'll just F around and fill the show with whatever comes off the dome. You know what I'm saying? 
on the D. I think I think I think we should just go for a full freestyle rhyme cipher, sixty minutes, ninety minutes, one hundred and twenty minutes. Yes, yes. It won't be. It will be ugly. It might. It, it's. It is good. It is. It is. It, you're feeling it. You're feeling it. Find me fighting on June first at MSG. Oh, Liverpool yeah. MC yeah. in NYC, holding it down. I ain't a clown. I'm ready to rebound. I'm a knock Miller out around the eighth round. round. He can't round with the champ. I lick him I down, lick him like, down a like a oh, stamp. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, yeah. Oh, hey, oh. Time out. Hey, yo. What? Trash. Next. Next. Yeah. Next. Uh, shout out, Rafe, to the Irish crew, the ADK crew, the Godinez crew. Uh. The Ulrich Anderson crew. Uh, a lot of people want to know how that ended, Rafe. And, uh, you got that email, right? It was a good finish. I, I like a good finish. Yeah. Indeed. Shout out to Ulrich. Um, you got anybody else, Rafe? You want to, you know, you any, any other crews? You know what I'm saying? Crews. The Robbie Rinaldi crews. The, you know, the quality bloke crews. The B-sample bloke crews. All the Shout crews. Shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. Indeed. Uh, Shout out to you, Rafe. You're writing as uh with the athletic.com, by the way, that's that's who you represent. And uh, that is the label that pays you. And you're doing some of the best work, Rafe. That Lionel Thompson story, the, the you know, the journeyman turned possible contender, super middleweight who has watched that Denzel Washington movie every single day for like 2000 days in a row. What's what? Wait, first of all, some, let's put some respect on this here. It is the equalizer, the 2014 Denzel Washington film. It's have you not seen the equalizer the Brian? That your story, which is fantastic, by the way, and, and you've you've really filled this quarantine hole, Rafe, with a lot of this fantastic weirdness, um is makes me want to watch that movie big time, Rafe. I've never seen it. I've never you seen like Taken speaking? either. Okay. Uh do you like that kind of movie? Do you is like Black John Taken? Wick? Is that what you sort of said in your story, Rafe? What'd you say? Is Black Taken? Black Taken. Well, Denzel is bigger than a uh, a sort of a diversity hire. I mean, it's it's Denzel taken. Yeah. Once Denzel steps into a genre, I think it's his. I okay. prefer Denzel in almost any kind of role to any other actor. So even though Liam Neeson is the uh, the iconic Taken actor, and most people will give him the Taken championship belt so to speak, to use a terrible conceit that I heard once used, um, I would give it to Denzel Washington because he's just better. All right. Well, I want to get into that thing, but uh, what are your three favorite Denzel uh, apparent roles of all time? Go. Okay. I, I got to say, I love Denzel when he is on a rampage. So my number one ever, Man on Fire. Oh, I thought you were going to go training day. Ah, uh, it's it's. No, I, 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 something about, I like it when he's, I love me some man on fire. You got leathery Mickey Rourke looking like he's getting ready <laughs> in training to fight some homeless men in Russia on a Ruslan Provodnikov undercard. <laughs> You've got, uh, Mark Anthony as a, the, I think when he was still, um, when he was still married to JLo. Post substitute, right? Um, <laughs> Was he in the substitute? Yeah, with uh, with Tom Berenger. Yeah, he was the bad Whoa, guy, the, the high school gangster who'd pull up in the car in that song and be like, "This is for La Raza, Raza, Raza." Yeah, <laughs> like, baby. Like the Kid Frost playing. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So wow. you, are you going to put um? He got game in that top three at all? No, no, no. So let me. I, 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 I'm weird. I like, I like the Denzel movies that aren't as good movies, but just have Denzel 
exuding charisma and just owning it. So I, I, I think my top three are things like Man on Fire, Equalizer. I really do love that one. And this is a really bad choice, but I, I has, it's a special place in my heart. John Q. I've never seen John Q. John Q. Denzel gets righteous in that. Wow. He is a dad who's child needs a surgery and he's and and they don't have money he gets i think he loses his job and so they don't have insurance you know it, it is a parable about modern america except it's probably like 12 years old already and he 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 takes over a hospital he he, he takes a he, he takes it hostage he's got eddie griffin one of the hostages doing you know uh sort of uh For, smart mouth eddie griffin things yeah, in the lobby Seton hall star yeah not, no, on, um, rest in peace to that Eddie Griffin, um, the, well, the comedian. We saw um, what you were doing in that SUV brother, in the Eddie parking Griffin. lot, right? We saw you by the hot dog stand, Eddie. R.I.P. Uh, Rafe, despite my uh, ill-advised black exploitation taken claim earlier, I love me some Denzel. You know it's an underrated role, Book of Eli? You see that? That was oh, damn good. But ricochet? The, going well, go, Rick, going ricochet, way back. I love me some Ricochet. The best Denzel role, though, straight up, Glory. Dude, he was awesome. Won an Academy Award, bro. Best supporting actor. He was awesome in that. I you're you're too serious. I mean, what what do you need next? You gonna say what? Philadelphia? You want all oh, these real acting Lord, roles? Lord, Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. All right, off the rails already. Uh, Rafe, we do have a box show. Oh, back to you. The best boxing writer ever. So I really enjoyed your your Lionel Thompson piece. Uh, you got a lot of other ridiculousness going on there right now to fill this that hole. That one was one of the most ridiculous. I think as uh, since we are all members of the one crew that encompasses all crews, the crew of the Farheads, hashtag. Yes. I do want to shout out the great Steve Farhood of Showtime, your network, Brian. Yes. And that's that he I that's how I got put onto this story about Lionel Thompson being not just obsessed, but almost pathologically obsessed with with the movie The Equalizer. He claims to have watched it every day of his life since he got the DVD, and before then he was watching it every week in the theater. I don't, uh, I don't want to spoil the whole story, but the best thing ever was that he attributed the loss of his girlfriend to his addiction to that movie, and he was like, good riddance, basically. And two, your ability to weave the plot line of that movie into his sort of daily moral code and how he looks at himself in the twisted, broken boxing game is it was brilliant, Rafe, all right? So shout he, out to you. I mean, Mark. think about it. If you watch the same movie every day for five years, more than five years probably, you it would just start to dominate your entire worldview because it's the only thing you have time to consume. So all of a sudden, whatever's going on looks like the equalizer to you. Anyway, <laughs> it is a, it's a mind-blowing, very fun story. All, the, other, the other little trivia I love there, his nickname is Lonnie B., and I said, I don't, why do they, why they call you Lonnie? He's like, well, it's kind of stupid. Um, I have three brothers, and we're all named Lionel Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> That's so George Foreman, Gary Russell-ish right there. Um, yeah, wow. Um, but I love the, he, you know, he got that win against Uzkatagi. He had his, you know, look at me now moment. But look at him now. Look at him now. All he breeds is champions. You know what I'm saying? Like him now. You like me now. You like me now. 
That's what I'm talking about, Chris Eubanks. Also, Jr. look, I, I think uh, he is he's a very fun character. To to anyone out there who doesn't already religiously watch the Mayweather Boxing Channel YouTube videos, you 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 need to start watching and you will see that Lionel Thompson, Lonnie B is pretty much the MVP whenever he shows up. He is a scene stealer. He is the man who brought us that crazy uh Canelo Danny Jacobs prediction where halfway through he's he he changes up his whole his mind and he's like, "Well, yeah, but then again, if Danny if Danny's cancer comes back in the middle of the fight, I, there's no way he could win." And Jeff Mayweather's like, "What are you talking about?" Rafe, was that Canelo Jacobs prediction crazier than this one? I stop Canelo. I knock Canelo out. Round. It don't matter what round. Put him in there and I knock him out. It should have been Danny's night. It really. I guess you know? I guess he didn't mean rounds one through twelve. I mean, it should have been Danny's night, right? This is all about Danny. He's had a big busy year. He wants to go out on a bang. I'm sure he did a few times, indeed. All right, pump it up. Get fired up. Um, I'm jacked up. I'm ready. I'm excited. I got new sounds to, to toy with that you filled me with. Just chill out and give me time to speak because there's not one person in this room that is more jacked than me. That is true. Thank you, Danny Green. All right, we're going to have a show, Rafe. We're going to have a show for the people here um, eventually. Um I think I had something else to bring up. I don't know. Maybe we should have done a rundown. Maybe. Oscar, you're talking to Oscar. I, I've i seen some pictures. He's starting to look a little bit. Him and Ben Affleck are kind of aging into the same person to me. Oh. Ah. Yeah. hair. <laughs> great hair. Both of them got great hair. Of Gili fame? Ben Affleck? Of course, yeah. Look, by the way, that'd be interesting. Who do you think has um a better resume? Ooh. Ooh. Is that where you're going with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, Oscar was married to uh, former centerfold Shayna Mokler and has multiple children with that. That ain't bad. Wasn't wasn't Affleck married to J Lo for okay, a minute? Okay, okay, that's a strong point on his resume. Uh, and then ever... married to Jennifer Garner. Girl. Okay, okay, that's another good one. Have you ever peeped Millie Carecha or what? You know, you know what he was doing to the girls in his car in Mallrats, right? Oh God! All right, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. By the way. <laughs> But I shake the shit out of one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, he wasn't doing that to them. No, no, no. no it was no. just something uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I watched Chasing Amy last week. Great, great flip. I actually, well, let me See, take don't, it back. Everyone, don't ever watch that again. I never, I, I haven't seen it yeah. since '97, but I loved it oh, back then. Yo, when 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 it reaches the end and he tries to pull that move. It is not as clever as it seemed back in '97. Well, we all we all had points in our life where we thought that move was possible, Rafe. Really? Who 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 did you try and pull that? Who did you want to pull that move with? I, you can't, I can't. Mister and Mrs. Raskin. This is a family show. Thank you. Shout out to Eric Raskin. Shout out to all the Raskins. Fred Raskin, uh, really entertaining my family with his editing work. So shout out That's to that. I said Mister and Mrs. Raskin. I, I meant Fred and and his missus. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you very much. We, yeah, yes, yes, indeed. All right. Uh, Why don't you edit did, that. Did want to uh, give my well wishes to everybody. You know, fighting this battle, fighting the Corona battle. You know, eat at Bob Evans if you have to. Right? We're we're loosening things up. I think you're you are you're we're close to being allowed to eat at Bob Evans, Rafe. Right? I depend. I mean, I'm sure in some states you can eat at Bob Evans. Why don't does Bob Evans exist in every state out many states outside of I West don't Virginia? Know, but some some states at this point you don't have many options. So hopefully your pantry is is stocked. I want a Coney Stop. dog in <laughs> Western Pennsylvania. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, if you, if you have sanctions in your area, please stop moving. Stop moving. 
If you do not have the type of bread you like in your house, it crackles. Yes. If you do not have bread, it's cereal. Yes. It oats. Sardines. You're supposed to have a two-week supply for hurricane. And at the beginning of this, I said, prepare your disaster kit as if you would for a hurricane. Oh, who did that? The Wepo Hatcher? <laughs> what? Hey, Rick, what? <laughs> if you ain't got sardines in two weeks of oats, bl- a blood clot to you, okay? Yeah, what What the blood clot, Brian? Hey, what about that dude that shouted us out? You know that guy, Teofimo? Uh... Stevenson. Um, on Twitter. No, Diafimo Rigondio on, uh, on Apparently Twitter. Apparently, our, our brethren is is Jamaican. Yes, and he uh, watched, clearly. And he watched, he rewatched uh, Mark for Death. Mark for and Death. he schooled us really, really well on, and it was, I, it really, I mean, it was great. I mean, he let us know what parts were fairly authentic, what stuff was ridiculous. Uh, and, and actually, he came down, I thought, more on the side of Mark for Death not being as much of a disaster in terms of its cultural representation as you would think. I think I guess like the the cartoonish element of it made me think that it was probably just a complete uh you know a, just a complete cluster f uh but but it seems like they took some of the real basics about posses in that era yes and and then embellished it in some ridiculous ways his uh his twitter handle these days is at js underscore writing so shout out to teofimo rigandau i just long time long time long time big good follow on boxing twitter philly style long 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 style um i i haven't followed them until now i'm sorry about that i apologize for that you got the score wrong yeah i did i did get this i get this score wrong here uh but i'm looking at his uh his feed right now and and if i can't uh my you know my internet during this rafe it's 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 impossible so i can't i can't re- re- pull those tweets out but uh the guy knows the guy knows okay he knows jamaican he knows padwa he knows jamaican culture he knows uh he knows all that stuff okay i'm sure when he you gets said, when he gets said down, that like it's a thai dish like like <laughs> like you thai. mean like patois yeah patois uh i like it thick i like it heavy it was that thick it was that intense. It was that heavy. Oh God, what, Teddy? What are you talking about right there, Rafe? I did not <laughs> sign up for that. Okay, hey, after the break, Rafe, we're going to come back with an actual show. Okay, so we'll do that. Can you play little, that for Oscar? Little quick pause for the cause. Okay, stick that M in your craw hole. Hey, thank you for that extra M, though. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back. Enjoy. Yeah. All right. Take it. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! And we're back, your boy BC. It's Rafe Bugs in the house. Oscar De La Hoya still to come. Wow. 
Well, that's not till I'm done. Not well, yeah, yeah. Rafe, Rafe, don't, Rafe, don't mess around with that. It um, might sound terrible. Uh, you th- I think you should finish, Rafe. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was going to say. All right. Let, uh, let Oscar in. Let's hit up a couple of Boxeo headlines. Rafe, I can't go another second without getting your t- – no, we don't have sexy Mexi Sergio Zapata this week. Where are you, EK, Evan Korn? Where, where, bro, where you at? But the other one, sexy Sergio Martinez, um, continued his comeback talk and did an interview with Kern Batia on the uh, Inside the Experts po- – or, or uh, what was it called? Uh Ask the Experts podcast. Uh, but he had Jerry O'Reilly. You got to get inside the experts. Yeah, you got to get inside on him. Reach around in there. Um, He had Jerry O'Leary on there. Our guy. Remember, we, remember that time in Vegas? Remember that time? That was a, a great night. Jerry O'Leary probably remembers that night, too. He's like, who are those two crazy, tall, not quite, but getting fat guys <laughs> who were just – Yelling the whole time and trying to avoid eating the biggest, most disgusting plate of nachos ever served in Las Vegas. Uh, yes, that did happen. It, it, it did. It, it did, did exist. exist. Yes, did. Rasky was there too. Uh, so he had. Th- what I liked about this interview was we finally got to actually hear Sergio and, and see his facial reactions and get the real time um, translation. Rafe, uh, he really is coming back at forty one, but there were some real interesting points in there. I'll, I'll read them real fast. Um, he says he has more power now than ever before. He said in his prime, he didn't know how to punch for power, and he was just relying on athleticism, but now he claims he can deliver a knockout punch. And, Rafe, he, you know, shout out to Homer, he said that loss to Koto was not because of the knee and leg. He said, yes, the leg was compromised, but he felt he should have been able to beat him anyway. It's just that Koto was too good. Now, he didn't mention the equilibrium at all, but I think that was the intention of his speech right there. But, Rafe, the biggest takeaway was he wants Chavez Jr. They want to do a rematch. And he got into some sort of weird phrasing saying we would be business partners in that I would be trying to help him if Julio could commit to a six-month training camp without drinking or drugs, Sergio feels like this will be a turning point in Julio's life. So essentially he's saying we would use each other to make this fight because we have history, but he would be helping me and I would be helping him by cleaning him up for the rest of his life. That was the part where maybe maybe he's just the nicest guy ever, but where, where the hell is Sergio going with this? I don't know. I mean, we did. He, he did famously take the only sort of smiling, happy photo in in human history and existence with Antonio Margarito when they looked like the the uh, the great couple together with the dads and the purses and the deep the deep V cut uh, t shirts. I mean it was it was a glorious photo. So he does have a way with people. He makes people happy. He's sexy. Uh, but on top of that, he's also a little bit crazy right now. Uh, what what is this? By the way, did I I believe that uh, Chavez Jr. You know, I mean, he's talked about a little bit. Has has had his ups and downs with substance abuse. Obviously, uh, tested positive a couple of once or twice for for weed and coke. Um, Four years just for weed, right? Damn. I mean, got ridiculous penalties for some of that stuff, but whatever. Um, but he did, did. Did you think? That he has never made it through a six-week camp without drinking or doing drugs? Because I thought that he might have been able to do that. Well, considering HBO cameras were inside his house with 24-7 for the biggest fight of his life against Martinez. And 
Every day he's sleeping until 1 p.m. in the pink undies eating the cereal as his dad's trying to talk him into motivation. I would say no, Rafe. I would say he, he has not. Remember that time? How come the HBO cameras never, ever saw any of, like, Floyd's IVs or, uh, or Manny's? Or uh, what, what, what Ariza was putting in them shakes? I hear you. Uh, but remember ahead of the Fonfari fight when uh, he went to that really weird and washed uh, hotel resort in Reno and his training camp was done in the lobby of yes, the casino yes. every single day well, that, with Joe Goosen? Yeah, that's, I, that's, we know that he only trains in non-traditional locations. He does not do boxing gyms. He only does foyers, lobbies, living rooms, bathrooms. Like but, He does you know, he you made the mistake of hooking in Rafe bathrooms, bathroom. He not only made the mistake of hooking with a hooker against Fonfara, but after the Canelo fight, he he hooked with a few hookers and got robbed. You know, one of the best boxing towns in the United States of America. What Chicago? Chicago is Chicago. Oh, Chicago, oh, yeah. Campbell, California. Right, think Alphonse Fonfara. There it is. Oh, right, the, the Chicago Polish gangster. Yes, yes. He, you know Alphonse, right? He used to roll back in the day with boxing folklore. Has it that Carmine Bastillo? Carmine Bastillo and Alphonse <laughs> uh, Charles over there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, speaking of Dwyer, Rafe, Rafe, yes. you, you still there? Yeah. Um. He he likes a, an establishment at night, right? He likes to, to mix it up. Did you hear this? Right, the young guys who keep coming up to me at a bar I go to. When he says that, and I can imagine the young guys just just come, many guys, right? Many what, many what guys. bar. You, you got well, you got to look at the whole man. Was he talking about Hooters? I don't know. I, I think we need we, we got to get to the bottom of this. I know I keep saying that, and then I you know I don't do anything about it. But I try to give him time to finish the move. Rafe, he looks a little puffier in the face. Now look, we all are right now. I'm going. Th- I got the I got the liquid crack like you do. I mean, I got the I got a couple chins right now. But Dwyer looks like he put on a little bit. I'm not really uh, I'm not really stalking his his weight like that. Really, he doesn't look that much bigger to me though. All right, but what well, you know, there were some great places to watch a Hooters of a, a Canelo fight. I was wondering if he was referencing Hooters. That's all. I, look, I walked myself into a corner. Anyway, Sergio Martinez coming back at 45. Rafe, um, you heard him. You heard him talk about that they almost had to amputate his leg after the Cotto fight after a, a botched surgery. But but it was responding, huh? Champion, champion, please. Um, Rafe, what are your thoughts legitimately? Did they have I, to amputate I, his equilibrium? Because <laughs> I did talk to Samson Lukowitz. I told you that he's like, I want nothing to do with the Sergio comeback. I am not involved at all. You want to talk to Samson? <laughs> and Sergio did say in that interview to Curran that, you know, many people at each turn he's had to really talk into to get them to believe in him on this comeback. Yeah, because it sounds nuts. And and he keeps calling different people out. He By this point... I can remember three, and I think there was one more before then even. But I, he he's called out Maidana at one point in time, saying like, hey, champion, let's let's make a fight together. It'd be fun. Uh, he called out uh, – he was going to fight Carmen Lejeraga, the, the, the great uh, Spanish uh, um, Basque whatever fighter out there in Bilbao who, who gets knocked out every time he fights David Evanesian. Um, and – now he's going to fight Chavez Jr. again. I I don't know. If one of these happens, I love Sergio so much. I, I, as, as much as it shouldn't happen and it's clearly a bad idea, 
I I want to I I would I would pop. I would love to see him back in the I would I, I want to see it. I don't care. It's going to yeah, make I me sad, but I, I love him. Champion, I want to see it. I, Rafe, you don't have I was going to ask you this. Like, you know, I've had many Campion moments. My office is littered like oh, look, there's there's Eric Morales and you and me and there's uh who's that that other guy we met? That time, in like Rocky Juarez. Right there, look, there's Rod the Rocky Juarez picture. Um, did did we ever meet Darren Barker? I can't remember. No, no, he blew us off twice. It was oh, that's Ulrich right, Anderson who totally no sold you. Yeah, twice in the same night. Um, but you know, we I can't be owned. Uh, Just telling uh, you know Ulrich though. Casamayor, I can't be owned. Riff, have you ever can't be owned someone? I could see you in 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 Filipino basketball circles dropping a can't be owned on on like uh, Jaworski or someone. Oh. The big J is almost too intimidating to Campione because he is okay, – okay. that's – that's that's he his nickname is the living legend. That is – that's one I would be more hesitant to, to run up on. I So actually at, at, in Vegas um, for one of the Pacquiao-Bradley events, I ran into um, uh, some I, I kind of Campione. I mean they knew me a little bit. A couple of them knew me, and then a couple of them didn't. Uh, but but recent, very very great PBA players like uh, Kenneth Duremdes, Danny Ildefonso, uh, somebody else. I think Marlu Aquino might have been there. So I ran up on them. I was like, yo! Uh, I actually, I, um, were you I think up at the Manny time? Marquez three? I saw Japheth Aguilar, but he was. I mean, I'm older than him, so it's not really you can't. That's not really like a campeon thing. Age doesn't really matter in campioning. It's just about yeah, love and that's respect. What our, it's that, about that's Wavos. what Kelly said, right? Yeah, exactly. It's about Wavos. That's what Ray Pop said. It's about um, really Rafe just just you know shouting people out. I love me some Oscar. I'm gonna campion Oscar on today's podcast. All right, it is what it is. Okay, it's yeah. it's better when you're when you got a few pops in you and you're at the point where you're at the whiskey down in at the MGM and Oscar's dad is there and you're, you're ready to go up to him and say, if only you could have just hugged the kid once we wouldn't have had the damn nets, right? Not in New Jersey. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough of the, enough, enough of this. Um, any other, uh, interesting nuggets from that Sergio interview? Did you pull anything else from that? Um, no. All right. It was great talking to you, Rafe. Let's go on. Um, in other news this week, um, Errol Spence Jr. was a guest on All the Smoke, uh, my brethren at Showtime. By the way, are you into that show? Because I love the crap out of it. I know every. I know people love the show. I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not up on it. I just. I can't. I'm. I'm. I got a lot going on on my podcast rotation. It's very hard to get in there right now. It's hard to effing get in on that. Well, you better get inside on Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. And um, Errol Spence said on there when asked. About Floyd Mayweather, prime versus prime. He's like, I did see that comment. He's basically like, hell hell yeah. I feel like I could defeat Floyd prime versus prime. So I went through a couple emotions when I heard that. First off, I was like, whoa, dude, whoa. But then I'm like, wait, what do I want him to say? And then I actually started to think about it. And I'm like, dude, he actually might be the, the perfect encapsulation of the kind of kryptonite that would get to prime Floyd. I might actually back Errol Spence in this. Yeah, look, I mean, there's a there's a good argument for it that has a lot to do with uh, how like he's one of a f- very small handful of welterweights like of recent vintage who could who 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 could match. I hate to say this, but could match Floyd's length in terms of his reach. Um, you know, Floyd 
had deceptively long arms and used them extremely well, right? And I think if you look it up, Spence might be one of the handful of guys who actually has a little longer reach than Floyd did. And, of course, he's naturally bigger. And he's got uh, he's speed, a, legitimate power. He's a huge... Uh, very well, active. Now, look, you could say, well, dude, did you see the Porter fight? And I did. And Porter gave an A performance, and it was a great fight. But I think, obviously, styles make fights, but they do. I've always said that prime welterweight De La Hoya is a handful for prime welterweight Mayweather. Um, look, Washed Mosley had some moments against Floyd. He always wondered what prime Mosley would have done, although I think Floyd wouldn't have been able to pick him apart because, you know, Shane didn't have a jab and he had short arms. And I think that would have been one he could win. But obviously, like prime Tommy Hearns, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably I, mean, I think almost over. everyone believes that. I, that the, or I should. Sugar Ray Leonard, I'm taking wrong, but... him too. Wow. I have heard the, the Tommy Hearns is the fighter who almost almost every time I hear it brought up people are like oh yeah no he's 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 definitely beating Floyd uh, and it has to do with that length that that size and 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 geez that power I mean and then Ray uh, Leonard had the dog Tommy he had Hearns the good lord yeah yeah there's but there are a few guys you know I mean Terrence Cro- Bud Crawford would be another guy you're like I'd have to see it I'd have to see that fight against Floyd I'd have to see what it looked like but uh, shout out to Floyd we're always trying to find people that could beat him nobody could during his career although the, I got an idea of one guy that might be able to there is a fighter who could beat Floyd Mayweather it's younger Floyd Mayweather I mean he's a fair point I mean when you're looking at what Floyd brings to the table like how quickly does that left hook come to mind Rafe then you have Mayweather here trigger left hook right. Right there, I say Caleb Plant level left hook. That's what I'm saying, Rafe. Like, when you see Floyd throw that left hook. That's the goat left hook right there. You're like, that's Caleb Plant all the way, right? Yeah, shoot. I'm the, the guy who's the guy who's gonna cough up a 168 pound belt to Lonnie B. Oh, Lionel stop Thompson. Stop that, stop that. You have any thoughts on um, Caleb Plant's choice of women? I, I, I'm very happy that he seems to be in love with his wife, uh, Jordan Plant, and and they make a, a gorgeous couple together. They're both very attractive people. He's got a great back foot game, Rafe. The master of the back foot. All right. That's a long conversation, okay? Thank you. I, good. He's great back foot game. I would like to see it against um an, uh, some live bodies, but I think we'll get there. He seems like he does want those fights, and he'll get them soon. Uh, in other news, Rafe, Chris Eubank Jr., the son of the uh, confectionery giant. A absolutely stupendous confectionery. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he has called upon a new man to, to guide him in the corner. Y'all must have forgot, Rafe. It's Roy Jones Jr. Do you know how hard you have to hit a man to break his eye socket? What do you think about this relationship? Very hard. Look, um, I like it from an entertainment standpoint because – just the idea I we, we are my first thought is always going to be <laughs> Roy in the locker room with Jean Pascal playing his own music playing <laughs> you almost forgot and he's got Jean Pascal singing his song before Jean Pascal has to fight was that the second Kovalev fight yes it was Jean Pascal was, was going to get sent Roy is I, and and also the the less famous moment uh, recently when Roy was training King is it still King Devin the great Alexander King Ryan yeah, King Garcia Ryan, yeah, Alexander. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, Congressman uh, Devin Alexander. Shout out to Legend uh, Sports Bar and Grill. Okay. Yeah, I, you know what? I I I I'm wonder if he's hanging out at the sports bar with Dwyer. If you know what I mean, somebody getting stretched. Um, <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. The young guys who keep coming up to me at a bar. I go oh, to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, you are destroyed. You are just you are ruined. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Um, yo, but but when when he when Roy was training Devin Alexander for I think the the red cash fight that didn't go so well. Um, and PBC way, we did, did PBC, that. We did a PBC face to face for that fight, Rafe. Shout out to Fox for uh, paying off uh, my travel soccer debt. Keep going. There you go. Um, there. What was the that series Fox had called Inside? Was it like the the you know some outsourced fake twenty four seven show? Camp? Fight camp, yes, they did the fight camp, and Roy has Devin down there in, in uh, Pensacola, and. He's like, first of all, Roy's home gym, he has a throne in it that he sits in and watches from. <laughs> and then there's parts where he's, <laughs> you see, they they shoot like uh, Roy's dogs, lots of dogs, just wandering through the ring while <laughs> while Devin is like shadow boxing and, work, and doing pad work. And then they cut to Roy explaining, he's like, you know, I, I let the dogs walk through the gym because I want my my fighters to be able to respond to anything that could happen in the ring. You got to be able to, you know, and I'm like, that's the, the craziest thing I have ever heard, Roy Jones, but I'm here for it. So if, um, if Chris Eubank Jr. is getting some of that kind of uh, training, I'm all for it. Shout out to our boy Manuk Akpoyan. Akopian. Akopian. Shout out to Glendale. Shout out to Armenians. Uh, he broke that story on Box Rec. Unbox scene. Boxing scene. Great. I mean, hold on. Hold on. Where's where's that website, Rafe? Where is uh where is Vegas? Where is that? Do they do they hire do they employ any journalists? I don't know. Hold on. I'm I'm new to this sound. It's hired okay. important freelance journalists. I mean look, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Imagine if I could find ever ever find what I'm looking for. Um anyway, shout out to Manuk. He he did that unboxing scene. Um great website. Great. Did this does this mean I it gets even better if um if senior gets involved, if oh, we get to get senior down there. Very important article. Very important one I read. Today. Today. On uh, one of I'm... the internet's best websites, BoxingScene.com. Yeah, shout out to Rick Reed. Right, That's my which. number one. Yep. Um, and I get the relationship idea because Chris Eubank Jr. is not a guy who re- who relies on technique or strategy. He's a freestyle athlete. athlete. No, he's not. I mean, I respect athletes, I, I respect but athlete, he's right. not on the athletic level of a RJJ. But I get that if anybody can understand how to take that unbridled fury and passion and athleticism um, and send me to hell during a Showtime uh, fight fighter meeting like he did last time, then it's probably uh, Chris m- moving with with uh, Roy. So shout out to that. Speaking, though, of boxing scene. How about that latest hire? Their, their freelance budget going out to uh, a decorated longtime man of the sport, a man oh, who well, one day will not only be in Contestota, but may yeah, even I, have that his, is, that's a, that's got to be a guarantee. I think may right? even I mean, have his no j- way he can't his fleece jacket of choice in in Contestota. <laughs> Hey guys! Hey guys! Really proud of my brother. 
being inducted here in Canastata. Uh One of your boxing brothers, Dan Rayfield, catching on with boxing scene. You see that? DTM, yeah. I, I, how often had I saw what he had a King, he had a Ryan Garcia story there. I, I don't know if he's been. I, I haven't been following. Well, he had a so couple. Closely. He also is, is doing a, I think, a daily video podcast. He's got a, he's got some kind of show on the, the Impact uh, Network with the Warlock. That is awesome. He's doing a daily video thing, and the press release just came out recently. Veteran boxing reporter Dan Raphael, one of the best in his field, will be part of a newly created show on the Impact Network that will look into the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on athletes, promoters, executives, and entertainers across the world. Um, Interesting. Rafe, do you have the Impact Network? Do I have I don't the even know where to find it. Is that, it's not the Wealth Channel, is it? I don't know. It's um, <clears throat> not AWE. Oh, it's, uh, the chairman is Bishop Wayne T. Jackson. Isn't that the channel that... Heyman put that uh that Austin Trout fight on that comeback fight. Just, like is that is that I got the Bishop Don Magic Wand channel. Is that um, no? Is it channel thirty five with your girl? What's her name? Robin Bird. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Well, I looked that up and I'm like, I can't be looking this up on my work laptop. Oh, Robin um, Bird is just there's some pretty nasty um dancers in her era. <laughs> do you know how I wake up every morning? I do the Robin Bird call. <laughs> 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 Real early, man. I feel like the, the Robin Bird. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, Rafe, at the end of it when I do the Robin Bird call, Rafe. <laughs> you want to make him shoot his load? Let him shoot his load. So he shot his load. Oh, yeah. See, the worst part about watching Robin Bird back in the day was that it was a um, it was a unisex stripper showcase. So if you didn't know what you were going to be flipping the channel onto, <laughs> and you could sometimes stumble onto some very talented, very naked male dancers doing some some helicopter tricks. I mean, <laughs> stuff you don't want to be seeing when you're in the mood to be looking at something else. <laughs> oh, boy, Rafe. That the kids is... don't understand these days what we went through. I think Stevenson is someone you need to look at. Oh, hard. hard. Yes, so you were looking at those guys, Rafe. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want guys. I have beautiful guys. Wow. Okay, Rafe. Um. So yeah, the show is going to be on. Uh, it's going to be about the COVID. I don't post COVID. Do you think the show keeps going? Well, that's. I. I maybe he's making a a smart play in in that and thinking that there is no post COVID. Anyway, I hope you watch it during COVID. I hope your your father watches it. We're good friends. I love your daddy. I hope your family watches it. We need you to do this, if not for yourself, then for your abuela. Do it for your granddaddy. Do it for your big mama. Do it for your pop pop. All right. Thank you. Thank oh, you. that man. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Good for Dan. I'm happy for him. Uh, I'm happy to see him hustling. And, you know, don't let them hold you down, man. You know, they try and get you out the paint or whatever. You know, get them back. Get them back. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a war out there. So, Dan, my advice it's to you. It's a war going on outside. Is, no uh, boxing scribe is safe, son. Prepare your fleece for the battle that is to come, Rafe, okay? Because there's a lot of people that'll try to get in your way in this business. There's going to be a lot of cock-blocking tactics coming on here. Yeah. Cock-blocking. There's going to be tactical cock-blocking. It's going to be the name of this game. That is the name of this game. Remember when we, uh, when we tried to uh, 
when we played that game with the the great uh, Kieran Mulvaney. Uh, which game? Oh, we were, we were, we were, we were, that that game. He was we were cock blocking him in a uh, in a, in that restaurant. Oh yes, to, yes. Talking Remember to the, the waitress, waitress, the waitress Pen. She was not Pinoy. She was Thai. You think they tied one on, Rafe? I look. None of my business. Shout out to Kiernan Mulvaney. Love that guy. He he may have shot his watch. It's possible. It is possible that indeed. Um, where was I going with this, Rafe? Um, uh, I don't think he had any girl trouble that night, though. And my girl knows this video is going to get me in trouble. So will this entire <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Dwyer. And hey, Dw- when Dwyer says my girl, is he married or is he talking about like a like a like a side piece? <laughs> Right. More, more reckless, scandalous sensationalism about Dwyer's private life. Why are you dragging me down I this Dwyer. road? I beat Polly. I left with his belt and his girl. Right. Don't, don't brag about taking Dwyer's side piece. All right. All right. You don't, you don't get, you don't get late. Thank you. Hey, hey, Polly, doing good. Polly, staying healthy. Polly Malinacci. I've not been coronavirus. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Good to know. Where is he in the states? Sometimes he's in Italy. I hope he's not I, in Italy. I, I I guess there's no good place to be. But um, you have delivered to me the interview of the year from the the famed Mayweather Boxing Channel. Um, Jeff Mayweather asking guys how they are navigating the corona. He asked this this South American fella who stole the show. <laughs> what are you doing to prepare for the coronavirus? Uh, I don't know. It's very, very confusing. This is danger, no? The the word. Okay. It's very confusing. It's, it's nice. <laughs> it's danger, the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, had... that, there's some poetry in there. Did you did you uh, also happen to clip what our guy, my guy, Roly, is doing during the coronavirus? No, 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 no. Too many f words. We're we're already close to getting shut down. He's okay? effing raw every yes, night. He yes, says. he is. He, you know what he's into, Rafe. You know what he's into? A a soundboard where he can find things on the on the on the. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can't find it, Rafe. You know what he's actually into? To um, stay with me here. Oh, this is the end of the show. You yeah, faced the real one. This is yeah, he's in the real one. Oh he was training with Floyd. Did you see that video? I didn't know that, but he was talking about giving it, giving it raw dog. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this right. ain't Birdo. It's well, the raw dog. This ain't Birdo. Uh, I think that's it for news this week, Ray. Oh, what great the, news! The WBC reinstated Devin Haney as the full lightweight champ. They had taken that belt that they gave him when they franchised Loma. Then they took the belt away from him when he hurt his shoulder, and now Haney's the full champ again. Like boxing, it like uh, boxing to me is is like a hood sport, Rafe. Now, boxing is full of s, man. I used to love this sport. Yes, is what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the, the WBC, what they have done with uh, uh, weight category one three five is just embarrassing. I mean, it's it it, it, it to quote. Uh, the ladies' man, Leon Phelps, uh, that's just disgusting. Thank you. And I don't know. Who cares, really? Because Devin Haney didn't do any – didn't really win an important fight to get that belt. He, they just gave it to him because they wanted to make Loma the franchise. And then they took it away from him for no real reason, I guess because he was injured. But it's not like he was out for a long time. Then none of the other fights ever happened because of the coronavirus. I don't care. I just don't care because <laughs> Loma and uh, as long the the fight that matters first is is Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko since those are legitimate belt holders in the division and they're expected that's a someday, proper fight. 
That is a proper fight. Oh, look, let's see a bit of proper fight. No. Yeah, come on, no. let's see it. Oh, my goodness, no. No, they might hurt each other. No. They will. This is really they might. Bit I've been interested. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Random um, English folks. Thank and I, look, some, I'd love to – I think Devin Haney – is already good enough to to be in a proper fight with those blokes as well, even if he hasn't had the uh, you know the the big fight in his career yet to prove it. I, I think I believe in his talent on that level, but the the, uh, the shuffling the belts back and forth, I don't know. It's nonsense. It's it nonsense. Is. It's it poppycock. It is poppycock. Um, Rafe, uh, the skinheads are going to be back May 9th. We've talked about that. It is official UFC 249 in an, in an arena in Jacksonville, the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. These ambitious blokes, Rafe, are going to put on three cards in the same building over eight crazy nights. So, Rafe. Happy Hanukkah. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, will that lead directly to boxing following if they can pull it off with no deaths, no corona, uh, and, and and can do this the right way, and I and I do give him credit for you know joining with the Florida State Commission finally, even though Florida is far from a bastion of of hope uh, when it comes to athletics or life in general. But uh, shout out to Florida. Um, are you going to watch A and B? Is this going to open the floodgates for the box? Tell me, tell me. Uh, I'm not going to watch. I don't care. Um, but uh, I don't watch. I don't got that to zone. Um. <laughs> I don't got that skinhead stuff, but um, I do think it could open the door for boxing because if they can get away with it, why wouldn't they try? I don't know if I think it's a good idea. I think eventually you keep rolling the dice down there and you'd roll the dice anywhere in the country right now. Somebody's going to get the Rona. Eight but, nights, so eight crazy nights, three cards in eight nights. I, I can't wait till we get some 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 microwave box. Give it to me every night. Yeah, I, I, look, it will be. I mean, it probably will be some. That, that's how. That's how. Dub, that's how WWE tapes stuff, even in in peacetime, right? They do stuff. They just bank a bunch of shows no, down no, there. No. Oh, well, they do the NXT. Their minor league. That's show, the NXT, NXT down there. That started going live before the Rona, but uh, now look, it's you know. Instead of one presence, we get eight. Crazy. Um, you won't watch. That's fine. But I think Box will follow them. So I am cheering for them to succeed in many ways. Thank you, Dana White. Thank you to all of that. Um, that's it for news for the week, Rafe. Um, I do have a big time guest, and he's going to be on now, Rafe. It is the CEO, the founder of Golden Boy Promotions, the Hall of Famer, my campion. It's Oscar De La Hoya coming up right now. Enjoy. The Golden Boy is back, Oscar De La Hoya. It's crazy times these days, Oscar. How the heck are you holding up during this quarantine? Uh, just like everybody else, uh, you know, staying at home, staying safe, uh, itching to get back to the uh, to the combat world and uh, and make these uh, these fights for the uh, for the public for the world, but. You know, I mean, obviously safety's first, but uh, just like everybody else, we're we're just waiting to see what uh, what the mayor says, what the governor says, what the president says, and uh, hopefully they give us a green light uh, very soon. Yeah, as we stand right now, Florida, the only state sort of seemingly allowing pro sports to come back. We're going to see, of course, the UFC dip their toe in on May 9th. WWE has been going. Uh, do you think? Uh, you know, states will follow soon if this goes on without a hitch when UFC 249 hits? 
I think so. I think so. Um, uh, I mean, I was. It, it was a breath of fresh air uh, when the uh, PGA of America announced that they're uh, uh, mid June. They're gonna, you know, uh, resume play. Uh, obviously, without without uh, without the crowds, but um, you know that was a great sign. And um, you know, so we're hoping that boxing uh, uh, can can uh, resume their our schedule. Uh, you know, uh, uh, after that in June or July. Um, you know, we're we've been talking to uh, various uh, commissions all over the country: uh, California, Texas, Florida, um, and they're just waiting for the green light from the government. Um, you know, I mean, as you know, as you know, people are itching to, uh, to watch live sports, live, uh, content, uh, on TV. So, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've been waiting very patiently, but, uh, you know, as, as, as I've said before, safety's first. Absolutely. And look, you know, uh, for any business right now, essentially being forced to shut down or limit operation for 50, 60 days, maybe even more, it's going to be tough. Uh, how do you feel like the, the industry in general can, can react and bounce back to this financial hit? I mean, from promoters down to fighters, if you're not fighting, you're not getting paid. So uh, how dire are the times right now for the business as a whole, do you think? I mean, especially boxing, uh, where, where, you know, you rely on the, uh, on the international high roller, uh, let's say from Asia or from the UK, um, from all over the world to, uh, to go to Vegas and spend their money and buy a, a $2,500 ringside ticket. I don't know how, how the market is going to react. I don't know how the market is going to, is going to be after this, this, uh, this pandemic. I mean, I, it's, it's, I, we've never experienced it. We've never lived it. Uh, it's very new to us. Uh, uh, we don't know how to react to it, but um, we have to adjust. I mean, maybe, maybe it's uh, it, 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 it's uh, it's an omen. I don't know. Maybe uh, we have to reduce our prices. Uh, uh, you know, uh, for every event we do, and therefore it will create more more excitement, more fans to attend our boxing shows. I mean, who knows? Um, boxing has always been a sport where, where if you have two superstars, you can charge five thousand, ten thousand dollars uh, for ringside tickets. Maybe those days are over. Who knows? Yeah, and and, and the same with pay per view. And 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 you're currently not in the pay per view business with the zone, but but you've been the biggest pay per view star in the sport. And it's it's interesting what this weird time and it's unprecedented for so many ways could do to change everything in our lives. Um, could we see uh, what other changes do you think we could see to the sport that, that could hatch out of this time when we're all sort of sitting around thinking, hoping everything comes back? Well, I, I think, I think, I think promoters in boxing and, and in the MMA world as well, in, in any, in all combat sports, I believe that, it it it's gonna make us think twice um, um, to make the best fights possible for the fans. I mean, imagine imagine uh, putting uh, uh, the best against the best. That's exactly what people are 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 are, are wanting. And so, I think that this this pandemic that this, what we're living um, is is actually a, a blessing in disguise because now promoters have to put on the best shows possible they have to put on the best against the best they have to put on great fights so 
I mean, I, I believe that uh, we're going to survive this. We're going we're gonna to be okay as long as we make the best fights possible for the fans. Absolutely, and that was certainly your, your motto during your entire career. Uh, but the fighters today, Oscar, in talking to a bunch of them in recent weeks, uh, you know, Teofimo Lopez, uh, Josh Taylor, you hear a lot of them saying, look, like, I'll fight in an empty arena if I have to. But I certainly don't want to because I thrive off of the connection with the fans. And I've even seen Terrence Crawford go as far as saying, you want me to fight in an empty arena, you better pay me more. Uh, what do you think that future could be like for the rest of 2020 when fights do come back uh, with the whole idea of, of fighting in an empty space? You're not getting the gate yeah, as a I promoter, mean, and you're not getting right, that energy. Right. It, look, I mean... It's I, I I see it as a sparring session, you know. I mean, in training in our camps, we we fight, we train, we spar with no fans, with no crowds, um, and we and we train hard, and we and we try to uh, we try to do the best we can. Um, you know, it's gonna be different. It's gonna be a little awkward, but fighters are machines. Whether you're in the MMA world or, or the boxing ring or you know fighters are machines and they're focused and they're determined and there's a tunnel vision that exists in, in like in between the you know the, their ears six inches uh, between their ears so i believe that it doesn't matter if whether you have a crowd or not it's it's the fighters are going to be so focused but it's 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 never been done before and i don't know how Every every individual is going to react differently, so I don't know how it's going to it's going to it's going to it's going to play out. Um, obviously, you're not a uh, a pandemic scientist or, or or anything like that, but no. optimism is key. But so is realism. When could you see normalcy again? Twenty thousand seat arenas packed, boxing pay per views, Vegas streets filled. Are we thinking one year? Are we thinking more than that? How do you sort of gauge that? I, I think I think sooner than later. I, I believe that uh, that people are are itching to get back to to you know to to sports to to experience that that live events. I, I strongly believe that there's nothing like a sports event like UFC or like boxing at the highest level. There's nothing like it, and I believe that people people are people are missing that, you know. And 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 so, I strongly believe that it's 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 a matter of time. I think I think the sooner sooner than later we're gonna see uh, uh, people crowding those those uh, uh, filling up those arenas and uh, and getting back to uh, getting back to the norm. Let's talk about you, the number one fighter with Golden Boy Promotions, Canelo Alvarez, the biggest star in the sport, champion in so many different divisions. We thought Billy Joe Saunders for May, but everyone's plans have been thrown upside down. Then that story broke that Triple G Part 3 could happen this fall. Where do we sort of stand on Canelo's timeline if things get back to normal this summer? Well, look, I mean, we, we have to make a statement. Uh, and, and Triple G Canelo has to happen. You know, we, we have to, we have to show the world, uh, that we can make the big fights happen, uh, that we're here obviously to stay. I mean, boxing will always be boxing. It, it will always survive pandemic or not. Boxing has been around for years, for ages. 
uh, as long as we make the best fights, as long as we make the biggest fights, and Canelo Triple G uh, doesn't get bigger than that. Indeed. Would would the Saunders fight potentially could get skipped by to make the Triple G happen if you had to? You know, I, I it, it's 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 the fight that is uh, that is uh, that is uh, that people are not really wanting. Um, it's a fight that never got signed, uh, but it all depends on Canelo. It depends on what he wants, and Canelo always fights the best. And I have no doubt in my mind that he wants to go after Triple G. Uh, there were some headlines, and and we went up and down. We talked to you. Everybody's talked to you. You and Canelo were on a rough patch for a while. How are you guys getting along now as we're sort of pressing pause on the business? Well, look, it, it's like a family, you know. Fam- family fights. Family have they have their differences, but at the end of the day, it's family. So, me and Canelo were on great terms. Everything is good. Um, you know, I, I'm a fighter, a promoter that that looks out for the best interests of 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 our of our stable. And uh, you know, Canelo's the biggest draw, the biggest fighter, the biggest star in boxing. And uh, and you know, we're good. We're great, actually. Um, and so he knows that we do. We've done a great job for him. Uh, we know that he's the biggest star, and that he draws, and that he brings in the crowds. Um, so you know, it's a business. It's a business, and uh, and and we both are smart enough to realize that. Do you see him jumping weight classes, whatever the biggest fight he could make in the future, or or uh, could you see him sort of settling in, let's say, at 168 pounds and, and campaigning there for a long time? I can see him fighting at 160, 175, 168. Um, the beauty about Canelo is that he's such a tough guy uh he's built like a like a like a machine um he can take on anybody at 175 168 160 um so i can see him fighting the very best in in uh in those various weight classes all right can't can't wait to see that canelo always comes through with the big names we respect that uh a guy you've had many public ups and downs with is dana white who we referenced earlier you're going to see ufc 249 coming up i'm sure everybody in pro sports will be watching closely to see if it can go on without a hitch what was your reaction though being a fellow promoter to his boldness over the past month which has been fighting against state commissions and even going to the degree of threatening to secure his own island, which he says could be operational by next month to put fights on. No, look, I, I, I commend and respect Dana. Um, we did have our differences. Um, when I, when I wanted to get involved with the MMA and I did, uh, uh, uh Chuck Liddell with, uh, with Tito Ortiz, which was a huge success. Um, I, I, I uh I dipped my toes into the water and uh and I experienced it and it was it was actually wonderful. I love the MMA. You know, Dana came out and 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 uh, criticized me and ridiculed me and all that stuff, but you know what? Dana he's doing a phenomenal job in in uh in defending his sport, in growing his sport and uh you know, he he's 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 doing it big. He's doing it great and and I commend him. 
Uh, we're all doing different things to get through this quarantine, and we're all being mindful of mental health. Uh, I might be drinking a little too many cervezas and having too many snacks. Uncle Bob Aram says he's been getting into the weed to chill out. Do you have any quarantine tips? Any could be fitness, could be TV shows. What has Oscar De La Hoya been doing to get by these days? Drinking a lot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I see sometimes the posts of you and your good buddy Mario Lopez, who's a big tequila fan. Where does this friendship come from? Were you a big Saved by the Bell fan back in the day, Oscar? I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So uh, in my second fight, um, I fought in San Diego. Um, I'm not sure what the arena uh, was called. but um, So he's from San Diego, Chula Vista to be exact. He wants to meet me. So he goes to my hotel room. We meet, uh, this was like, what, 27 years ago. We meet, we, we hang out, uh, you know, we, 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 he's a great guy, we love him, all that stuff. So it was a Friday night, okay? And this was uh, the, the night before the actual fight uh, on Saturday. Um, I'm feeling a pain in my leg, okay? And I call a doctor, and this is a true funny story. I call a doctor. So this doctor comes to my to my uh, hotel room, and he tells me, "Your leg is infected. I have to operate it operate right now." Okay. <laughs> I look at my trainer, and we say, "Okay, let's do it." So literally, he injects me with uh, with uh, uh, the uh, the the numbing uh, solution, whatever it's called, um, and he digs a hole in my leg. As deep as maybe half an inch Whoa. and as wide as a quarter. Okay. So I tell my trainer, I can't fight. Not like this. I can't even walk. I cannot fight. So I call Mario that night. He invites me to Tijuana. Okay. <laughs> we go to Tijuana. Uh, true story. We go to Tijuana. We get back Saturday morning at 5 a.m. in the morning. Okay. And we're loaded. I mean, we're, we're just, uh, we had too many tequilas. We, I ended up fighting that Saturday. I ended up fighting that Saturday. And that's how we met. Wow. And did you, did you have any trouble moving around? Was that your second pro fight you said? It was my second pro fight. Luckily, I knocked him out in two rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Love that story. I'm sure there was uh, maybe some, some females involved in Tijuana. Must have been one of those legendary nights, as they say, Oscar. So shout out uh, to the... Every time, every time I see Mario, I tell him, you almost derailed my career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of great nights and legendary nights we're seeing a lot of boxing anniversaries a lot of nice stories and interviews being done next Tuesday Cinco de Mayo is 13 years since the super fight the big showdown Oscar De La Hoya Floyd Mayweather also my wedding night by the way Oscar I had to miss the fight that was oh, wow. ill-timed okay. <laughs> ill-timed on my end um, you lose by split decision but this is one of the biggest fights in boxing history Everyone, because of the HBO 24-7, everyone's mom seemingly was into this fight. What are your biggest takeaways when you look back at the success of that event as a whole? Well, I mean, we, we took boxing to, a, to another level. Uh, you know, we stepped it up, obviously, with 24-7. Um, we were actually the creators of that, of, of that, of that, of that, uh, of that series. Um, you know, Mayweather was great. He was like the villain. And, you know, I mean, in order to create mega fights you need 
you need the hero and the villain. And Mayweather w- was the perfect character. And, uh, and you know, he was great that night. He, uh, he obviously brought his A game. I was on the, uh, on the, on the, on the downhill of my career, but, uh, you know, he put a great performance and he beat me. You were in that fight. Halfway through, you could argue you were winning that fight. Credit to Mayweather. He, he landed the clean counter shots. He seemed to figure out what you were doing. If you could make any tactical adjustment in hindsight, what would you do in that fight? Well, I mean, that, that, that's the beauty of, of Mayweather is that he's, uh, he, he knows how to adjust. And, um, you know, I mean, there was nothing that I could do to adjust my game plan because A, I had, uh, two rotator cuffs, uh, tears, uh, on both shoulders. Um, I, I was a little over the hill, you know, I mean, I felt great. I was in the fight, but once that seventh, eighth, ninth round kicks in, your body just breaks down. And that's exactly what happened. And, but Mayweather executed, he, did a brilliant game plan and he beat me. A uh, huge night, monster pay per view buys, big success. You guys had a contractual rematch that would have brought huge money again. <laughs> Floyd ends up retiring and the fight never happens. Were you are you still pissed off about that to this day? Bro, I had a rematch, okay, for one year. And what does he do? He retires one year and one day. <laughs> I mean Come on. I mean, come on. I mean, you don't do that. You know, give me the chance. Give me a rematch. Give me an opportunity to at least try again, you know. But eh, that's Mayweather. I mean, I, I give him all the credit because, hey, who knows what would have happened, okay? Only he knows because if you looked at his face after our fight, let me tell you, you've never seen Mayweather that beat up. Now, is it true that Floyd Sr. was willing to train you against his son for that rematch? Yes. Yes, that was actually very true. Uh, we didn't come to terms, uh, 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 with the money. And that's what, uh, that's what derailed, uh, our plans. But, uh, Floyd Sr. was, uh, was willing to train me to beat his son. You guys had such a cool relationship as fighter and trainer. And I'm not sure anyone would have guessed that. Why did it work the best? Because you could argue that you were the very best in your career with Floyd Sr. in your corner. You know why? Because he didn't take no shit for me. Mayweather Sr. would tell me uh, uh, in my face directly, like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. If you don't want to do it, then I'm out of here. And I respected him. And that's that's who Floyd Mayweather Sr. was. I love it. I love it. Uh, you never got the rematch with Floyd Jr., but I saw you challenged him to a push-up contest for charity in the past few weeks, claiming you've done 250,000 push-ups. Well, you got to be jacked right now, Oscar. Oh, hey, let me tell you, I've never been in such great shape uh, uh, in my life. Um, you know, and it was all for charity. I, I, I was able to uh, to help out a few people, uh, donating a few dollars to uh, to local hospitals. And so I was calling out my colleagues. I was calling out, uh, you know, sports uh, figures, politicians to, uh, you know, to, to be in this fight together and, uh, and, 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 and knock out this, uh, this, this, uh, this pandemic, you know, that, uh, you know, because we've never lived anything like this. It, it's, this is something that, that is affecting, you know, not only the global economy, but it, it's affecting lives, uh, uh, all over the world. And so 
I I thought that you know uh, the least I can do is uh, is is lend a helping hand and uh, and donate a few dollars and uh, and call out my uh, call out my colleagues. All right, give us this mythical match Monday here idea to close. Let's say you right now, age forty seven. Let's say I gave you, you know, three months. You against Conor McGregor, ten round boxing match, regular rules. What does that fight look like right now? Two rounds. Wow, that's that's two rounds left hook, Oscar with the with the hand raise. Oh come on, brother! Two rounds. <laughs> he still hey, got be, it because because one thing about me, one thing about me, I went for the kill always, and and look, Conor McGregor is, I love him in the octagon. He's I I, I respect him. I, I I will I watch him all the time, but. The boxing ring is a whole different story. It's a whole different story. It is indeed. We're hoping that story will continue for all of us close to the game. Oscar, thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see Golden Boy Promotions back doing what they do great. Fighters getting paid, fans watching. Uh, Much health and happiness to you and your family during these tough times. And shout out to my man Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, yes. Thanks, brother. Take care. All right, special thanks to Oscar De La Hoya Rafe in the space-time continuum of Back to the Future Part 2. You need plutonium. You need, uh, what was it, 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. We we just talked to Oscar, but we haven't talked to him yet. So uh, your thoughts on the interview? Oh, wait, wait. Uh, I thought it. Yeah. It it was the most revealing interview, the most personal and earnest I think I've ever heard Oscar. Um I think I think you guys really bonded. You 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 touched hope, you docked. You I docked. Hope, I hope we did. I hope we touched not tips, but I hope we did. I hope we well, did. Um I mean for, as long as you can analyze the tip first. That's that's <laughs> that is a fair point. All right. Uh he's not a small guy, you know. Player this Small guy is coming for your title. Okay. All right. Indeed. Um. So yeah, the interview hasn't happened yet. But shout out to Oscar for joining us. Um. Rafe, do you have a you know like he's my campion for for better or worse. I'm an Oscar guy. I mean, round twelve against Corte. Come on, right? Come on, Rafe. Okay. Uh. The, the finish against Mayorga. Come on, right? Uh. The good God. The ninety eight punch combination to put away Vargas. Do you have a favorite Oscar moment? Favorite Oscar moment? It might be Brian. It might be, um, oh, man. Um, what a beauty! Hashtag body, Mister Bernard Hopkins. Oh, how dare you! Yeah, and Oscar's just right, like like kicking the canvas, you know, on his knees, pounding, pounding. We've we've seen Oscar pound. Do you think and he had any business getting up from that body shot? Clearly not. He clearly did not. But um, are you, you know, he, I mean, what, are you saying he uh, he uh, Doc Ritchie does? What's the guy's name? Um, uh, Madonna's guy, White. Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. saying he Guy Ritchie does? I mean, he's alive, thank thankfully. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I, but the other thing about that is, hey, I, the one thing. We, we're never going to be able to really accuse Oscar of doing is not going after huge legacy fights all the time, all the time. fighting, you know, more uh, top guys at their at near at or near their peaks 
when he could, just that ambition and being willing to fight whoever, not really giving a damn, being willing to lose and end and ended up losing some of those big fights because of it. But um, he's he was part of all those and, and he made a lot of great fights in them. I love Oscar. Uh, do you remember that Campione night we had with him at that media dinner before? Yeah, one you of guys the- will never. I you I, you guys think that I somehow feel bad about walking away to take a leak while I, Oscar was telling some story for you. I, I don't care, man. I did enjoy meeting his date. Good loud. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, look at this. <laughs> Are you saying uh, Oscar was a freak? Is that what you're saying? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Where Where is – can I get two – can I order two rays right now at the same time, Rafe? I'll, I'll have what he's having, please. Where is it? I can't find it. Okay, great. Yeah, it was It was impressive. It was It was. In, it was incredible. Thank you. I felt bad that she had to be at our table. It's just like it was I Wayne's didn't. World stuff. It's like we're not worthy. Right hook upstairs. Edwards shakes his head. Oh, oh, there's a straight oh, left. Down goes Edwards. Oh, oh, straight oh, left. And this oh, one is over. Kennedy for knockout of the year. Dig it again. Uh, Oscar was a real man, indeed. Um, yeah, anyway, that was one of the better moments. Um, he told us, and he, he, he answered. We were all liquored up. He answered any question we wanted about the career, Rafe. It was great. Okay? It was great. If we ever do State of Combat after hours on Patreon, we can tell some of those stories. Okay? Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle our OnlyFans, Brian. You're going to what? I'm going to handle our OnlyFans account. Thank you. You're going to play dumb on me? You're going to play dumb on me? You don't no, know what that no, is? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. All right. Um, Rafe, uh, I hope Box is back soon. I want to watch fights. I want to talk about them. I want to break them down on this show. Um, were you an Oscar hater, by the way? Second half of his career when he was the money man? A little bit. I, I was, I was, I, he was not popular in the Bartholomew household. My, my dad, you know, I love my daddy. And he never, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't into the pretty boy stuff. And he wasn't into, uh, he felt Oscar was always fake in the interviews, and I think he probably was right. I mean, because every time Oscar like the the, ter- the pretty bad decision in the Trinidad fight, and Oscar's like, oh, it's okay, you know. He always sounded yeah, but then just, backstage, the twenty four seven cameras caught or whatever HBO cameras caught him. I thought it gave him a boxing lesson. Right, he just didn't. He didn't. He didn't have a swagger that was appreciated in the in the Bartholomew household, not as a fighter. He had t- like ass loads of swagger, right? In the way he, he was, he was a badass. Are you saying he but, filled multi? I was, he gave, your- he gave loads to asses probably too. I don't know. I wasn't there. Come on. I mean, I got to edit that out. I mean, I mean, I like the swagger and all, right. He has a little bit of a swag about him. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Be nothing, here. nothing, nothing makes you think of just, Oozing swag like Dwyer talking about it. I was in your ass. No, 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 no. So to me is like liquid crack. Yeah, thank you, Bernard. All right, yeah, no, you're not wrong. But I, but like you said, Oscar fought them all. I mean, who did he not fight from that era? Maybe Vernon Forrest, but it never really made sense. I mean, during that time, Oscar was moving up to 54 to fight Shane again, and then moving up to 60 to you know chase that belt. But I always liked that Oscar was honest. Part of that Campion moment, he was honest to us. I think he went to the bathroom. You didn't really care about what he was doing the night before the Sturm fight and why he came into that fight fat. And he, he thinks he believed Felix Sturm beat him. 
I mean, that, that I can see him. Why, why wouldn't he admit that? Because it was at this point in his career, he didn't have nothing left to prove. You know, who cares? Now, I talked like, to nobody, Oscar. even, even if they gave Sturm that fight, that decision and that uh, he's, that doesn't really, Oscar's legacy was already made. All right. How old do you think Oscar is right now? Late forties. Who matchup Monday? What does it look like? Are you ready? All right. Oscar today. Okay. A little salt and pepper in the, in the thing, but you know, every other time you see him, he's ripped. He's back into great shape. Right? You never know exactly which, which, which Oscar you're going to get. He's 47. Him against Conor McGregor. 12 rounds of boxing. 10 rounds. 10 rounds of boxing under the unified rules. Oh, I think, I think Oscar still washes Conor. Whoa. He's not a boxer. True. But do you not give any credit for his? And I'm not some Connor super, you know, fanboy here. But do you not give any credit for Connor's ability to not get just like wiped out by Floyd in in the first six rounds? Or are you of the belief like, hey, Floyd purposely just kind of pawed at him and waited around for him to tire and then walked him down? I am not a truther who believes that. Oh, Floyd definitely carried that fight for four rounds. He could have. He could have. Uh, what was that guy tensioned him yes. in thirty seconds or something? That I. I don't take it to that level. I think that Floyd was never, you know, never felt in danger in, in that fight. E- even with what Connor landing a awkward uppercut in the first round. So what? Um, and I think that Floyd. But but I think that he fought the way he fights everyone, and and why would he change that necessarily? Just because why would he? Why, what was what's the point of Floyd taking Connor out sooner? Um, when you know he probably you know he might have might have had money on that eighth round, um, and uh, <laughs> and you know Connor would have been more dangerous early, right? You saw how fast he gassed. Might as well. He let him shoot his load. That was the game plan. He explained it. Sal Pal repeated it for us. He let him shoot his load, and then he did what he did. He did. Floyd did what he does. Rafe, I may have stumbled into something here. That matchup doesn't suck because you're automatically knee-jerk and going, no, at 47, Oscar will still wash him. And you're like, okay, what if Oscar got in shape? The technique's still there. I mean, the, there'll still be power on the left hook, but he'd be fighting like a prime 31-year-old athlete athlete who who can fight a little bit at least i mean what about just the stamina could he could he drag oscar into into some pacquiao deep waters you know i'm gonna need to see oh he can't what are you talking about i feel like oscar probably has a better chance of going 12 strong rounds than connor at this point is he's he can he, he gasses in every fight that that doesn't he a little bit a little bit but you got to remember a couple things about connor did i not know i'm half black that yeah! was so corny it really I'm half black from the oh. belly button down. Yeah, that that was that was from Brooklyn. That was awful. Forget we ever played that. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know what? Maybe I should ask Oscar. Yes, that I mean, Oscar. I mean, Oscar I know the interview like already he happened, always entertains that question. I know the interview already. They've already heard the interview by now, so maybe they've heard me ask that. This is getting to like Inception all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm going to watch that movie every day for 2,000 days. Anyway, right? Oh that's... man, your brain is going to just melt. All right, what's the movie I need to watch from Lionel Thompson again? <laughs> the equalizer the and you equalizer. will like it you will like we're it. gonna have a breakdown of that show next i'm week, down okay? so you got you you owe me lionheart also lionheart is that a yes michael dudikoff movie no but that's american ninja and you might owe me that also okay okay Rafe. okay lionheart is 
a very, very, very good Van Damme movie. All right. All right. Um, that's the show for this week. Thanks. Special thanks again to Oscar, to you people for people just like tweet me being like, yo, where's the damn show? Give it to me. And I'm like, yo, there ain't much going on. They want it. They want a piece of this. They want the soundboard that I can't keep up with. All right. They're like, if you just milk it, just just fill the time. Mistake Konotsky makes one man's opinion is he should have milked it. I milked it this whole show, Rafe. OK. I've, I've I I I gave a little bit of uh, of milk to this show too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, all right. Uh, do you have any uh, thing you want to tell the people? Are you you have a set coming up at the comedy store or Caroline's? Or <laughs> I will not be. I, I you know my comedy tour has been canceled. I'm trying to be responsible right now. I am going down to Florida though to open up. I'm going to be the new Bruce Buffer at UFC 249. All right, all right. Thank Is that you. the right number? Yeah, it is. Hell yes. Empty Arenas, Jacksonville, Florida. Be there. Follow him at Rafe Boogs on Twitter. One day he's going to write a book about box, okay? And I'm going to buy it. Thank you. All right? I, I, told, I texted you. It's going to be the Buck Smith story. I love it. I love it. Actually, you should just do a, a full— Have you checked his box, Rick? No. Are you— a, Oh, my God. All right. I got to get woke to that. Uh, can you Legendary. just do Sean Gibbons' autobiography? Well, I, that, I mean, Gibbons is a big, big part of— the Buck Smith story. I mean, that was their crew. They were the, the knuckleheads. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. We were talking about Floyd before. Floyd doesn't do a lot of interviews. And even rarer, rarer, do you get like real Floyd where he's telling like the truth, right? He's got, you know, he's got a, he's got a defense up, right, Rafe? He has very programmed counter answers for everything. And when you push too deep on any subject, he, he'll slip it like he's slipping a punch. Okay. We know that, right? In fact, do you remember that time I interviewed him? It was January 2017 at ESPN. We did like a Facebook Live, and it was uh, around the time that we started banging the drum for the Connor fight, and he was there to promote um, Badu Jack against uh, James DeGale. And it was like one of the rare times that like he kind of went off script and was fun, and we went back and forth. If you could interview Floyd right now, like what would you – and he was going to give you 100% truth. What would you ask him? Because I would, like, without question, be like, how close were you to potentially getting stopped from that punch from Maidana to end round three of the rematch? You know, the one that, that the tooth reportedly went flying? And Oh, you've, did, you've watched that video, right? There was no tooth. I mean, like, it looked like a, it might have been, like, some saliva, but that wasn't a tooth. Or how close were you, you know, when Mosley rocked you or whatever? Because anytime anyone asks him or Leonard that, they give you such a canned response, you know. Is there anything you would, like, really want to know? I would think I would actually just go uh, – I would be more interested in weird personal stories, weird – just stuff about all the people he's hung out with, all of the celebrity dirt and gossip, fighting Chris Brown at a Whataburger, um, <clears throat> all that kind of garbage, you know, like the behind the scenes at Girl Collection, uh, hanging out with uh, – with Brian Campbell at Girl Collection. No, I want to know, no. uh, did it really exist? Who got out of the sauna first no. at uh, Girl Collection? You were Floyd. Three guys and hard men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did not exist. Thank you. There's only two things I care about. It's a simple concept. Bitches and cigarettes. Everybody's um, Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Anyway, all right, that's it. The show's over, Rafe. Uh, great talking to you. His name is Rafe Booked. Um, Enos inspires him. That's your boy, BC. At State of Combat. Uh, it's Skinhead White Week next week. Dana White, UFC 249. 
We got a lot of interviews on this pod, a lot of preview action, Sugar Rashad Evans, all that. Rafe won't be watching. I will be. If you get down like that, get down in this. And that's it, Rafe, okay? Take us out of here. We out. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.